This is Pastor Jeff Grant, Uniting Church in Serena. Welcome to Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay. That's 107.5 FM. God loves you and wants you and all of us to enjoy an abundant life. But there is a cost to be paid. And Jesus Christ paid that cost and offers us all a life of serenity, service and sacrifice. I'm going to begin with a brief prayer. Our Father, Son and Holy Spirit, we worship you. You are God Almighty and we thank you and praise you earnestly for all that you are and all that you've done in us and for us. We have come together, Lord, in this radio church service to worship you. So may your Holy Spirit open our hearts and our minds to your word and to the songs of praise and draw us closer in our relationship with you. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The ones the Holy Bible says, he, referring to Jesus Christ, he saved us. It was not because of any good deeds that we ourselves had done, but because of his own mercy that he saved us. Through the Holy Spirit, he gives us new birth and new life by washing us. God poured out the Holy Spirit abundantly on us through Jesus Christ, our Saviour, so that by his grace we might be put right with God and come into the possession of the eternal life we hope for. May God bless the reading of his word. And now let's hear from Robin Mark. All to Jesus, I surrender. Oh! Uh-huh. 
listening to Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM. Jeff Grant here, and today's message I've called God's Great Signs. The Lord God in heaven has not left mankind, that's you and I, and everyone in the world. He has not left us to merely guess at his existence. He has given us three wonderful proofs of his presence and his desire to have a relationship with each one of us. Now, the first great sign is his creation. I'm going to read for you from Psalm 19, the first six verses. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. One day tells its tale to another, and one night imparts knowledge to another. Although they have no words or language and their voices are not heard, their sound goes out into all lands and their message to the ends of the earth. In the deep he has set a pavilion for the sun. It comes forth like a bridegroom out of his chamber. It rejoices like a champion to run its course. It goes forth from the uttermost edge of the heavens and runs about to the end of it again. Nothing is hidden from from its burning heat. The first great sign that God has given you and I and all all the people in the world is his creation. This verse from uh, verses rather from Psalm 19 say the heavens actually declare the glory of God. If we if we're willing to listen, if we're willing to look at the heavens and the universe and all those wonderful signs that we see, especially in the night sky, we've got we have, we come to no other conclusion that something wonderful created this. It didn't just happen by accident. When I was growing up in the 50s and 60s, the common belief of uh, the scientific world was that the universe was static. It wasn't moving. It was fixed. It was in uh, firm placement. But in the last few decades, scientists have realized that the, the universe is expanding like the surface of a balloon. And that expansion is actually accelerating. That's beyond all possible laws of nature, that the universe is not only expanding, but it's accelerating. They had to have a beginning. All this substance in the world, in the universe rather, and in the world, had to come from somewhere. It could only have come from God. Once we look at the ideal placement of the earth in its, its exact position, distance from the sun, 93 million miles, I believe, it's not too close. It's not too far away. If we lived in Venus, it'd be too hot. If we lived on Mars, it'd be too cold. It's wonderful how how this Earth is just the most ideal place in the solar system. And there's a moon. The moon creates a gravitational pull. It affects our tides. Uh, did you know that uh, many plants and animals, their gestation and uh, all those life cycles are based on the, the phases of the moon. It's a wonderful thing. What would, the, what would the earth be like if we had no moon? There'd be no tides. The, the oceans would smell. Can't imagine it, but we do have a moon. It's just the ideal thing for this earth. And then, beloved, there's this, the great planets, uh, Jupiter, uh, Saturn, uh, Uranus and Neptune. And because there's great these big gas giant planets are there whizzing around the solar system. Their gravitational pull attracts all the space junk, uh, asteroids and meteors and comets and things like that. 
I remember years ago, I remember watching a video picture of a comet crashing into Jupiter, a series of red lines, red dots, incredible sight. And that comet did not crash into the Earth. For God in his wisdom and his love has created a solar system where uh, mankind can develop in safety. And then, of course, the oceans. Did I mention the oceans? The oceans give give birth to life. I, I discovered just recently that, the, that the, the plants in the ocean give off more oxygen at the it change carbon dioxide into oxygen rather than all the plants on the surface of the earth it's a wonderful thing how this earth has been creation has been created by god now god gave us a warning about this first great sign his creation we find that warning in romans chapter 1 and verse 20 it says here in the good news version Ever since God created the world, his invisible qualities, both his eternal power and his divine nature, have been clearly seen. They are perceived in the things that God has made. So those people have no excuse at all. They know God, but they do not give him the honour that belongs to him, nor do they thank him. And it goes on further to describe people who deny the existence of God, and yet the Bible makes it clear that when each person stands before God and see the glories of heaven, no one will be able to say, I didn't know. Because God has made it so clear to us that he exists. Just look up in the night sky. You know, if you, if you look at one little patch uh, at, at night in the sky, it appears there could be, a, could be a blank spot. But if you have a telescope big enough and powerful enough, that spot is filled with light, with stars. There are untold numbers. I can't put into words how many stars there are, but in our very um, galaxy, the Milky Way, there are literally billions of stars. And our galaxy is only one of billions. Why did God make the creation? Why did God make all these fabulous worlds and signs in the heavens? To declare his glory to us that we might know him. Dear ones, he wants you and I to experience a relationship with him. And he's made it so obvious that he's there. And his universe and creation is full of beauty and wonder that we may have some idea of this wonderful God who does everything out of wisdom and love. We're going to pause for a moment and hear Steve Green singing the household of faith. Here's Steve Green.
Jeff Grant again. I'm sharing with you a message called God's Great Signs. We looked at the first one, uh, His creation, the wonders of all that we can see in the daytime and the nighttime. The second great sign that God has given us is His Word, the Holy Bible. I'll read some more from Psalm 19, verse 7 through 14. The law of the Lord is perfect and revives the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure and gives wisdom to the innocent. The statutes of the Lord are just and rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear and gives light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and endures forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, more than fine gold, sweeter far than honey, than honey in the comb. By them also is your servant enlightened, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can tell how often he offends? Cleanse me from my secret faults. Above all, keep your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not get dominion over me. Then I shall be whole and sound and innocent of a great offense. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Dear ones, this is the second great sign, His Word. And not only do we read about it in the Psalm, which is part of His Word, but we read about it all through the Holy Bible. What a unique book it is. It's unlike any other book that's written. It gives us life. It's a book of encouragement. It's a book of hope. It's a book of faith and grace and glory. It's a book of God revealing himself to individuals one after the other. First to Adam and Eve, and then to people like Abraham, and, and Noah, and, and Moses, and all the prophets, uh, Ezekiel, and Isaiah, and Jeremiah, and kings like David. It's a book about God revealing himself to people that we might know him. The theme of the Bible is found in Habakkuk 2.14, which says, The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. God's plan is that all, all creation in heaven and earth will realize the glory that's his. And uh, that's the role of the church today, to spread the news about Jesus Christ so that all people will come to believe in him, put their faith in him, and serve him. For he is the only one in this world really worthy of our service. He is the subject of the Bible. He's, he's there from the very uh, first few chapters where it says uh, in chapter 3 that uh, the serpent, that's the devil, uh, will bite his heel. But he, referring to the coming Christ, will crush his head. So there's a cosmic battle going on that the Bible explains to us between the forces of evil led by Satan or the devil and the forces of righteousness and justice led by the Lord Jesus Christ. I've just finished uh, a study on the book of Revelation. That's a book of consummation where all things will be put right, all evil will be judged and all righteousness will be rewarded. It's a book that's written to change our hearts and our minds. It's perfect. It revives the soul. It, it causes wisdom. It rejoices the heart. It gives light to the eyes. It's clean. 
is is full of truth. It's more to be desired than not not only gold, but honey, and and we're enlightened, and uh, our sins are exposed, and we're enabled to live a righteous life. It's written to give eternal life. Uh, some books really stand out, like the Gospel of John, uh, but these are written that you may believe uh, that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and that believing you may have life in his name. What a wonderful promise. And it's the second great sign that God has given us, his word. Did you know that it was written over one and a half thousand years from the first writer uh, way back in, the, in Egypt and, and, and then the, the, the final writer, uh, the Apostle John, uh, who wrote it in Europe? In three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, uh, on the three continents of, of Africa, Asia, and Europe, um, by about 40 different people. And to think that a book could be written over one and a half thousand years, and yet the beginning and the end and everything in between is totally consistent with that theme, that God is reconciling the world to himself through the coming and the placement as a man of his son, Jesus Christ the Lord. I'm overwhelmed by these wonderful signs of this creation and his word. I hope you are too. We're going to pause for a moment now and hear from Jim Reeves, another one of my favourite singers. It is no secret what God can do. It is no 
Church on 4CRM Mackay 107.5 FM. And I'm sharing with you a message I've called God's Great Signs. And this is a message for people who don't believe that they might, they might have faith to believe in Jesus Christ. It's also a message to believers who have maybe reached a point in your life where you, you think God has given up on me, or God has forgotten me, or God has abandoned me. And you're not sure whether you believe or not. Well, these great signs are here eternally for us to re, uh, rekindle our faith. You've only got to look at the heavens to realize how wonderful God is. And to read his word, it's his love letter to each of us. But then there's the third great sign, his son. And of course, we read about the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Hebrews, especially the first 13 voices. I'll read it for you. It also includes the first two signs. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors many times and in many ways through the prophets. In other words, the word of God. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. He is the one through whom God created the universe, God's great sign. The one whom God has chosen to possess all things at the end. He reflects the brightness of God's glory and is the exact likeness of God's own being, sustaining the universe with his powerful word. After achieving forgiveness for the sins of all human beings, he sat down in heaven at the right side of God, the supreme power. The next few verses tell about Jesus Christ being superior to the angels and that he is eternal. Now, the universe, it says, will disappear. The heavens will be changed like clothes but you're always the same and your life never ends. Amen. The third great sign is God's Son. The Bible is the most unique book ever written, but Jesus Christ is without a doubt the most unique man who ever lived. Now, an awful lot has been written about Jesus Christ, and there are those who would even say, well, he's just a myth. He didn't even, he didn't even live. Uh, when I was a young man, I studied uh, the, the writings of Julius Caesar. And there's only half a, half a dozen of those ancient manuscripts that are hundreds of years uh, um, later than when they were first written. But no one doubts or denies that Julius Caesar existed. But there are literally tens of thousands of manuscripts about Jesus Christ. He gives us really no alternative except to believe in who he says he was. We can uh, consider him as a lunatic, uh, virtually a madman, as C.S. Lewis says, on the level of the man who says he's a poached egg. That's what C.S. Lewis wrote, the man who wrote the Narnia stories. Uh, or he could be a, um, a charlatan, a crook, a deceiver. But no deceiver and no lunatic ever said the wonderful things 
that Jesus Christ said, all his parables, the Sermon on the Mount, and did all the miracles he did. And yet he claimed consistently that he and the Father were one. He and God were equal. In fact, he said many times, I've come down from heaven to do what God has told me to do. I only say the words that God tells me to say. I and the Father are one. That's why in the end, the Jewish people killed him because he made himself God. No one ever lived a life like Jesus Christ. Our very calendar dates from, uh, well, what we thought was his birthday. He's, uh, it's actually a few years before that. He was born about 6 BC. However, no one ever lived or said or did what Jesus Christ did. And it says here in Hebrews that he's also the creator of the universe. He and the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, we believe the Trinity, which the Bible teaches, created all that we see, and he upholds it by the word of his mouth. He, he's also the possessor of all things. He owns everything. And that's why we call him Lord, King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. It says here also in Hebrews that he is exactly God. If you have seen Jesus Christ, you have seen the eternal God. For how else would God, becoming a man, have lived? other than the way that Jesus Christ lived, the wonderful things he did. He had control over nature. He had control over disease. He had control and authority over life and death. Most wonderful man who ever lived, and yet he was exactly God. It says here also, he is the forgiver of our sins. By his death on the cross, he paid the penalty. Only he could pay for no other person could pay the penalty uh, for someone else's sin, they'd have to pay it for their own. But Jesus Christ was the sinless God-man. It says here also in Hebrews that he's greater than all other beings. He's far more uh, wonderful than the angels, for God never said to any of his angels, you're my son, and today I've become your father. Uh, and, and all of God's angels must worship him. Angels aren't worthy of worship, even though they're, they're wonderful creatures, and we'll see them in, in heaven. But Jesus Christ is worthy of our worship, just as the Father God, the Almighty, is worthy, worthy of our worship. It says here also, he was sent by God. God sent into this earth to be the propitiation, the full payment of the penalty of everyone's sin. Your sin and my sin, every sin you've ever committed in the past, are committing now and will commit in the future, Jesus Christ paid them all. That's why we can we can safely entrust our life to him. It ends up by saying here that Jesus Christ is eternal. He will judge the world one day and he will rule over this world. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Is he your Lord? Do you worship him? Are you obeying him and seeking him? Do you delight to do his will, just as Jesus Christ delighted to do the Father's will? Beloved, God has revealed himself to mankind by these three great signs, that all people would seek to know him and enjoy the eternal life God is offering each of us through just believing in his Son, Jesus Christ the Lord, and surrendering our hearts to him. We're going to pause now for a couple of songs.
Well, you think about what's been said. Uh, these are from Stuart Townsend and from Hillsong. In Christ alone my hope is found. And then, so you would come. Here they are.
to Radio Church on Force Hour and presented by Pastor Jeff Grant from the Uniting Church at Serena.
Welcome. This ends our Radio Church broadcast on Radio Force RM Mackay, 107.5 FM. I'm going to close with my uh, typical doxology from Jude 24. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Saviour, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. We'll close now until we meet again with a final song of praise from Chris Tomlin. Goodbye and God bless you. Yeah.